Hello and welcome to the 360 Lady, the complete, whole and thriving lady. Every two weeks we talk about stories or hard truths in our various pillars of life such as spirituality, relationships, career, finances and many more. My intention on this podcast is to strengthen and empower women to walk in God's ultimate truth of completeness in Him. I am your host, Mabwe Oyetunji. Hello, hello, my 360 ladies. Welcome to another episode on the 360 Lady Podcast. It's the middle of May already, and I'm absolutely loving everything that comes along with spring. The sun, the blooming plants, the smell of lilacs, the butterfly clicks, and lots of other things. Well, okay, maybe not the pollens, because I'm sure some of you who experience hay fever can fully relate. Spring is just a reminder that the nature cycle of life will continue no matter what our now enough about our seasons how are you my lady how is your heart and where is your mind sending out a hug to you know any lady who might be out there feeling down or overwhelmed you know just remembering that everything is always okay in the end and if it's not then it's not the end so stay strong and this too shall pass so in the last episode, I had the opportunity of having Noble IJ of the Beautifully Broken Me podcast to speak on her journey to healing and freedom after domestic violence. If you haven't listened, just pause, go back and listen to such a wonderful, raw and truthful episode with so many lessons for years to come. Then come back, obviously. <laughs> So today I'll be talking about my squiggly career. So last week I drove past a field that had loads of plants with colourful and beautiful flowers. But for a split second, right, I thought if each of these plants were a person, it would probably say, girl, you don't know what I've been through to look like this. I'm sure some of you are wondering what she's saying, but I think of the most random thoughts, but hopefully you get in time. The plant goes through the autumn and the winter seasons, right? And when it starts getting cold, the plants die and the days are much shorter. And what is actually hard to get into the plant so obviously it starts to harden now chances are that in your backyard (laughs) during winter it goes on a bit of go slow but don't be fooled there's a lot of science at work beneath the surface but obviously this is not a science class right now why did i share my thoughts about driving past this beautifully colored field of plants with lovely flowers i shared that to start off by saying sometimes most of us have the grand plan to our successful career for example graduate at 21 get your dream job at 22 five to seven years later you're a manager and another five years after a director maybe but the reality is that a lot of people go through squiggly or should i say windy careers and sometimes make us go through the winter season to eventually get us actually ready to our goal or you know towards our dream now if you listen to me speak alone you'll know how i love i love absolutely love going down memory lane now if this is your first time listening now i'm letting you know i love memory lane so now let's go on a ride growing up in a home with a familiar medical background so both my parents were medical doctors i guess expectations were at least that you know one of the three kids will be a doctor because we're three and as the last child out of three um i had to make a case you know after my told 
brothers dodged <laughs> the expectations. And when I say there, I mean like uncles, aunties, and possibly my grandfather, you know, bless his soul, he's late now. And I remember going to visit, you know, a personality psychologist, you know, just kind of remembering back then. I went to visit this personality psychologist just as I finished secondary school to determine what profession to go into from my interests. And the conclusion was medicine or economics. By the way, I had absolutely no interest in anything social science. I mean, I love mathematics, I love biology, I love physics, in that order. And all I wanted to do was biomedical engineering. What is biomedical engineering? People would ask, you know, back then, and I would have to explain how it was simply using engineering principles to solve medical problems, right? Now, this eventually led me to writing a plan and even doing a presentation to an uncle about why I wanted to study it, the career prospects and many other things, you know, relating to it. Obviously, after multiple tries of, you know, this uncle trying to convince me that Nigeria had much bigger issues than what biomedical engineering and in fact, at that very point, government was still looking for a way to pay salaries of doctors in the country, he had said. Bless his soul, he's late now. Now, I was due to go to study in the UK, but from the back and forth, not deciding early what my course would be, I changed it from biomedical engineering to material science. So unfortunately, I couldn't make that year's entry. So what I did was I deferred my admission to the following year. Now, my mom obviously didn't want me to stay at home for a year doing nothing. So she decided and thought, you know, I'd go to Ghana for a year since I'd gotten admission to University of Ligon to study biomathematical science. That year was a defining year for me on, you know, lots of pillars. And I look back and I thank God I went. Even lots of things happened. I had my accident there but I really just thank God for that year it was really defining now fast forward to the following year I did my degree in material science and engineering which is kind of like the mother course let's just say to materials biomaterials and tissue engineering nanotechnology um biomedical engineering and instrumentation so it's all of these courses are underneath it now I kind of still had my head somewhere you know that I'll move to America do a master's get a job but as God would have it. <laughs> I finished uni, got a job and let's just say I got sucked into oil and gas industry. I even went on to get a master's quite deep into oil and gas, spending over a decade within the industry. Now, from time to time, I'll still tell people what my quote and unquote dream was, which obviously now evolved to the name MedTech. And, you know, I'll tell them how, you know, I just didn't know how to get there. Some people give advice. Some people say, oh yeah, I think you should go back to school, you know, just do an MBA some would say maybe I should start all over maybe you know just everyone had different opinions right and I was just really stuck that's the truth now I looked at my CV and I thought okay there's the education there's the experience a little bit of exposure but I still needed something I would typically go for networking events I'll dress nicely speak wisely collect business cards smartly but it was not until I attended one of these zoom career talks you know how during the pandemic zoom open the floodgates of these talks, you know? And at that, at that talk, the speaker asked such a powerful question that stuck with me. He said, a lot of you are networking, but how many of you are actually working your network? In that meeting, I had a, say, you gotta work it out. <laughs> 
I had a see you gotta work it out moment. And from then on, I actually started working my network. Now, we all need three important people along our career. A coach, a mentor, and a sponsor. A coach will talk to you, a mentor will talk with you, while a sponsor will talk about you when you're not in the room. Now, you may not have all of these three people at the same time, but having each one of these people along your career makes a huge difference to get you to where you need to be. Take my word for it. Now, fast forward to a session with my coach during that time, Jan Peters, who an amazing person from my network coincidentally introduced me to. Now, she started off by saying, look, you clearly have a passion for this thing. You're focused and you're committed. So how about you go on LinkedIn, invite a few people in the industry to your space or, you know, even your podcast and just really work your network. So I took her advice um, and did just that. So that period, I literally just went on a roll. Let's just say LinkedIn felt my presence that period, right? So now one of these random days, um, I met an old classmate I hadn't spoken to since, well, we probably left uni, I think. And he happened to be working for one of the companies I wanted to work for. Oh, and bear in mind that I had applied to this company several times since 2017 and kept getting the regret to inform you response. We caught up and he gave me this one solid advice. He said, change your location and boom, I changed my location. That was it. One click and in less than a month, I had an interview date. Glory to God. The mere fact that I had an interview was thrilling and decided, you know, I was going to give it my all. To cut the long story short, after interviewing for three different roles, I got the job. Mammy, I got the job. Finally moved from the oil and gas sector to the med tech sector. Hallelujah. Now, at this point, it was a mix of emotions. There was fear, there was excitement, there was nervousness, there was relief, you know, because it's taking so long, and there was pure joy. A few days after, I actually came across a Word document, which took a while before it eventually opened. And what did I see? I saw the plan, my career plan of what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, and where I wanted to be. I had written it 17 years ago, and I was now where I wanted to be. You know, when just... You know, just reading it, I actually teared up as I remember the Bible passage in Habakkuk 2.2 where God said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he so he may run who reads it. And for me, this was so crucial because it not only brought about clarity to me, it was also a reminder of God's faithfulness. And at that point, I could actually sing, see what the Lord has done. So that is the story of my squiggly career. For me, I had left secondary school ambitious and motivated to get educated in my passion and climb the career ladder. I had, you know, imagined and planned for an end destination that was far up the ladder. But the reality was 17 years on, I was just as ambitious and was enjoying a good career, but it wasn't aligned with my passion and became increasingly squiggly. I'm sure you've heard me mentioned passion, passion, passion quite a few times. The reason is because there are three reasons why people would choose a career. Profile, profit or passion. They are the three P's. Some careers are high profile careers, which comes with great exposure, attraction, publicity. For example, your actor or actresses, you know, that's their career. Then their careers for profits, which brings money, money, money. And that is okay because you get your bills paid and the kids are happy, right? Holidays here and there. Now, lastly, there's the career for passion. Now, this is the one you feel good about, or should I say emotionally attached to? 
And at least I know I can advise on this one. If you turn your career towards your passion, it will be highly, highly, highly rewarding. If you turn your career towards passion, if you turn your career towards passion, it will be highly rewarding. One key advice on the career for passion is I'd say is please, please don't tag your salary with passion initially. First, learn how to profit from your passion, then expand and expand exponentially. A friend of mine actually asked me a question after sharing my journey. She asked, do you wish you got into the med tech sector a lot earlier since you already knew what you wanted? And (laughs) I answered truthfully and I said yes and no. Yes, because the truth is as human beings, sometimes we always you know, believe we can start early. Um, And if we do start early, we will go further. Yes, you know. So those thoughts came to me, but I soon realized that some people actually start early and become stagnant. So that could have actually happened. Now, no, because um, over the years, you know, in that time, I actually gained a truckload of experience from moving organizations, from moving roles and profession, including building an amazing, amazing network of people. And even I'd say rediscovering myself. I wouldn't trade any of that for anything. Now, seven things, um, number seven, perfection. Now, seven things I'd say helped me scale through my squiggle career were, one, um, I wrote my vision and made it plain from the very onset. This, should I say this act is similar to like vision boards where you write down things, things you want to do. And even if it's not come to fruition, just keep writing it down. Keep writing it down, just as the Bible says. Now, the second thing was that I discovered my super strengths and that was something that my coach helped me to do. You know, I let my superpower stand out across every thing I did. It's important to do this. There are many things out there. I use the Gallup Strength Finder to discover what my super strengths were. And there are lots of other things online, lots of other things out there. The third thing I did was affirm my values. What are your values? Ask yourself these questions. Say to yourself every single time, you know, these are the things that drives you. These are the things that make you. And these things will help you make great career decisions. The fourth thing is confidence. Don't let anyone break your confidence. The same way, you know, people are saying, oh yeah, um, what is biomedical engineering? Mm -mm. Don't let anyone break your confidence. Believe in yourself, believe in what you want to do and do not give up no matter how long it takes. The fifth thing is networking. Remember, not only do you network, you have to work your network effectively. The sixth thing is explore future possibilities. Now focus on identifying future possibilities and take action to explore them in the present, in the now, not in 10 years, not in 20 years. Explore them in the present. And the last thing I'd say is um, trust God to order your steps. This one was big for me because in as much as I hadn't gotten to where I wanted to be, I was always trusting that somehow, some way, I didn't know how I was going to get there. That's the honest truth. I really didn't know how, but I just kept trusting that, you know, somehow, some way, it's not going to be hard. You know, it's not going to be difficult. I won't have to start from the bottom. And really God ordered my steps. You know, there's a song by Fred Hammond um, called Your Steps Are Ordered by God. And the lyrics say, though you may not know his mind, he will reveal it all in time. Just know till then you your steps are ordered by God. 
to trust him. I look at my squiggle career and I can confidently say to myself, I'm glad it happened. You see, there's a story um, of Paul in the Bible who, by the way, big ups to him, hardcore resilient dude, just in case you didn't know him, go Google him, Paul in the Bible. His name was Saul before. Now, um, at this point, right, Paul is taken as a prisoner and he's put on a boat sailing to Rome, but there's a detour. There's a bad storm, rough seas and a shipwreck that takes him to Malta. For those who are, you know, wondering where to find the story, it's in Acts. Um, I think Acts chapter, Acts chapter 28, I'd say, maybe the first 10 verses. Now, the Maltese were nice people. They were lovely, amazing people. They welcomed Paul and even every other person on the sh- in the shipwreck. But apart from that, God actually had a plan. God actually used Paul's detour to heal many people and show his glory. Not only that, but the people of Malta supplied Paul and his men with everything they needed to continue their journey. And from this, it actually reminds me that God puts purpose and provision in the same place where they were shipwrecked, Malta. Now, Malta was Paul's unfamiliar. It was uncomfortable. It was unplanned. It was an unplanned destination because they weren't supposed to go there. But God used it as purpose for his glory. Sometimes in our careers or even any pillar of our lives, we understand why God allows or causes some things to happen. But sometimes we don't. But I'd love for you to remember that the reason doesn't determine our future. Our response does. So my 360 ladies, if you find yourself in Malta, that unplanned and uncomfortable place, prepare yourself to respond with faith and release them to God so he can use your Malta for his glory. And that, my 360 ladies, is a wrap for today's episode. Just before you leave, I'll drop this quote by Andy O'Hearn, which says, Recalculation is not a phase, it's a mindset. Or in more common parlance, it's not a bug, it's a feature. For those who hear the voice, recalculating. Don't beat yourself up. Recalculating is no doubt a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. So take it in good joy. It's a wrap. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening, my fabulous ladies, and catch you in two weeks. Thanks for joining us this week on The 360 Lady. I trust you have taken some golden nuggets to live in a complete life in Christ. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to The 360 Lady on this platform to stay in touch and never miss a show. If you like the show, kindly leave a rating on the platform so we can keep bringing a mix of magnificent and inspiring episodes. Thanks for listening, my ladies, and see you in two weeks.